Well, brothers and sisters, today is a good day for us. It's a good day. This liturgy is solemn and somber and it's meant to be, but it's meant to push us into honesty. So today's a day of honesty where we don't have to hold up the pretension that we're all okay. No, we come to Ash Wednesday Mass because we're sinners, precisely because we're sinners. So we're honest. And it's good to be honest about the most important things. We're honest about our desire for God to live a right relationship with him. And we're honest that none of us are doing that the way that we should. We all want a relationship with God, otherwise we wouldn't be here. We desire to be reconciled to him, except we're not living that way perfectly. And so we need this holy season of Lent. And the church gives it to us. And the church invites us to take seriously two things we don't normally take seriously. Sin and mercy. We don't take seriously sin. We kind of live in, there's a book that was decades ago, but we still live this mentality. And the book was entitled, I'm okay, you're okay. We're all okay, everyone's okay. Ask someone how they're doing, fine. Okay, I'm good. Right? And we say that all the time, but we deep down know that that's not the case, actually. And as we discount like the reality of sin in our life, then the consequence is that we also cheapen what mercy is. Because if I'm okay and you're okay, then I don't really need Jesus as a savior. And then Jesus is just a nice moral figure, just another good ethical person alongside a bunch of other people who founded religions. But that, my friends, is not Christianity. And so the church holds up very real in a serious way that we are sinners and that we're sinners who have a savior. But if we don't get the first part right, we won't need the second part. If we don't be honest with ourselves and engage the reality of our own sinfulness, then we won't need a savior and we won't need Jesus and we won't invite him into the deepest parts of our life, not just as a friend and not just as a nice ethical figure, not as a, someone who can teach us how to live a certain way, but we won't need him as savior, but we do. And on Ash Wednesday, we all acknowledge that we do. The late great Cardinal Francis George, Cardinal Archbishop of Chicago, passed away some years ago. He said this about our culture. He said, we live in a culture where everything is tolerated, but nothing is forgiven. So think about that for a second. Everything is tolerated, but nothing is forgiven. We affirm so much but then when the chickens come home to roost, when sin like rears its ugliness and things get exposed, then nothing is forgiven. That's our culture. While Christianity is just the opposite, so the cardinal goes on, while for Christianity it's exactly the reverse. Many things aren't tolerated, but everything can be forgiven. Great. What a great read on the culture and a great read on why we're different as Christians in this culture. Many things aren't tolerated. The Lord does not want us 
to fall into the slaveries of sin. That's why, by the way, the culture hates the church because we don't simply tolerate everything or affirm everything, but we actually have stances. And at the same time, we also say this, everything and everyone can be forgiven. None of us are bound by our faults and failings. None of us are condemned to our worst moments. But in and through Jesus Christ, everyone has a future, a hope. Everyone and everything can be redeemed. And so that's what God wants to do. God's whole movement toward us is to heal us. The question is, do we want to be healed? Well, God's in. He's all in for us. The first reading from Joel, the Lord says, even now, says the Lord, return to me with your whole heart, even now. So wherever you've been, whatever mess is in your life, and we all have them, and friends, none of them are just superficial. No, we all deep down have a mess in our hearts that only Jesus can fix. So we go into that. The Lord's like, even now, return to me, come back. But come back with your whole heart, not just part of you, not just one aspect of your life. I want everything. I don't want a part of you. I want the whole of you. I want the deepest interiority that is you. That's what I want. And so for that reason, then he says, next, rend your hearts, not your garments. So rend, we don't use that word very much anymore, but rend means to tear open, to rip something open. And is that an extreme phrase? Sure it is, because that's the kind of healing the Lord wants for us. See, he doesn't want cosmetic fixes. He doesn't deal in superficialities. He says, rend your heart open, rip it wide open, because the healing I want to bring has to go to the deepest levels, the places that we've sealed off via sin, the places that we're afraid to expose to the light of God's love. And what he's saying is, have so much trust in me. Trust me so much that you can rip your heart wide open and give me the worst. Give me the worst part that's where I want to enter. And that's how I want to bring my healing love. See, he calls us to conversion in Lent. Right? That word is so beautiful. But we have to desire it. We have to want it. And it's not going to be easy and it's not going to be superficial. So some great words from Pope Benedict the Sixteenth. He says this, Conversion means to change the direction in life's journey, not by making tiny adjustments, but by an authentic and real about face. Not tiny adjustments. Okay, friends, if you give up coffee or if you give up chocolate, good for you. That's not what Lent's about. Trust me, that's a tiny adjustment. The Lord wants so much more because the healing that he wants has to go so much deeper than if we eat chocolate or drink coffee. And if that's good for you, fine. But there's more to Lent. So the Pope goes on. 
The call for conversion strips bare and denounces the easy superficiality that very often characterizes our way of life. Again, you have Cardinal George rightly reading our culture. You have the Pope. So out of touch, this old man, so out of touch. If you can't characterize our culture as one of easy superficiality, then you're just not paying attention to it. So the call goes deeper. It lays bare and strips away that easy superficiality. And then he says great lines, and listen to this now. Conversion is to go against the current, where the current is a lifestyle that is superficial, inconsistent, disillusioned, and which often tramples us and reigns over us and makes us slaves to evil, or in any case, prisoners of mediocre morals. Again, what a great read on this culture, right? Superficial, inconsistent, disillusioned. How many young people are disillusioned now? And, you know, in some ways, you should be. If, you're, if the life you're drawing from is from our culture, you should be disillusioned because it's not offering you very much. And so for that reason, the Lord invites us to convert, to turn away from that and turn to him who's anything but superficial, inconsistent, or disillusioned. We come to Jesus, we go deep, we, come, we become men and women of depth. We become consistent. We stand strong in him. And the movement of our life takes on a purpose and a direction that is so beautiful, even as, as it's more difficult, but it's beautiful. And we're not disillusioned. We live with joy and with hope because we know who we are. And if we know who we are, then we know what we're about. Then everything in this life becomes meaningful. All of what you do, every class you go to, every conversation you have, every morning when you wake up and you decide to pray, every encounter with Jesus as you give your heart to him in prayer, every way you serve him as you give yourself as a gift to someone in need, all of the disciplines of Lent become vibrantly alive. We turn to our Lord and we come to him. Right? Conversion must be deep. It must be authentic and real. And my friends, it also must be now. That's St. Paul, the great second reading that we have every Ash Wednesday. Paul, I implore you in Christ, be reconciled to God. Right? He who knew not sin came to be sin for our sake so that we might become the very righteousness, righteousness of God. That's how much Jesus loves us. He doesn't just take on our sins. He associates himself so closely with our sinfulness that he becomes sin on the cross so that we might, through this wonderful exchange, gain his righteousness. And that's what he holds out to us. We don't fix ourselves during Lent. We don't perfect ourselves. We don't make ourselves better. All the disciplines, prayer, fasting, almsgiving, the whole point of them is just to create a space where Jesus can come in. And as Jesus comes in, he brings his grace. And his grace perfects us. And as his grace enters our life, so too does his healing. And his healing is what our hearts need most. And that is here for all of us. Every single person here. What a beautiful way to open ourselves to that healing love.
to come together in honesty. Jesus, I need you. I'm a sinner. I need you. I need you. And I have you. You're mine because you chose me. That's how we start Lent. I need you and I have you. And what would you like to do in my life this Lenten season? St. Paul finishes with such encouraging things. He goes, now is an acceptable time. Now is the day of salvation. Friends, we don't have to put this off. We don't have to go for mediocrity. We can go all in for Jesus. And to do it now, not later. I've said before, later is the most dangerous word in the spiritual life. I'll do it later. I'll do it later. I'll do it later. The most encouraging word in the spiritual life? Now. Because now is the acceptable time. And now is the day of salvation.